Good morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord and good to have you present with us today. Hope and pray that all is well. God has seen us through the storm from yesterday evening, last night. And we're all here smiling, looking good, smelling good and singing right. And hopefully our minds are right so that we can worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Ah, yeah. Today, we would like to direct your attention to James chapter 5. And we're going to talk about prayer this morning. We're going to talk about something that we all are standing in need of. Standing in need of prayer, not just for ourselves, but you know what? We need to pray for each other. We need to pray for our government, pray for our leaders, pray. The Bible commands, when Paul told Timothy, he said, Man, I exhort you to remember that you pray for those in authority. Those that have, you know, and and serve in those positions that are over us. He didn't say criticize them. He didn't say uh, talk about them. He said pray for them. Pray for them. And you know why I find that so intriguing and so uh, amazing? There's power. In prayer. Amen. Amen. As the scripture text was read into your hearing by Brother Kyrie. Verse number 13 says. Any among you afflicted or sick. Let him pray. Is any merry. Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you. Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him. Anointing him with awe in the name of the Lord. And as I said this morning, when you read verse number 15, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Not the anointing of any oil. But the prayer of faith. Believing in the great I am. Believing in God's power. Believing that he is able to do all things. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. That's important, folks. Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. That you may be healed. You know what comes in? The progression of what that scripture teaches right there. It says make sure you sanctify yourself. You rid yourself of anything that could block God from working for you. Because the wages of sin is death. death. And God is not going to work. God is not going to dwell where sin is folks. So guess what? Confess your faults one to another. And pray one for another. That's how you can be confident and believing and knowing and building up your faith that when you pray, God hears you. We can't be standoffish and not wanting to deal with one another as Christians. When the word of God tells us that we should be there for one another. I should be able to come to you and tell you and share with you, look, 
I, I, I'm dealing with this. I need to get this right with God. And I need you to pray. Not just for me, but with me. So that I can know God hears my prayer. It says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You're going to see some, you're going to see some results. You're going to see something happen. When you trust God, when you believe in him the way you should, when you have faith, because without faith it's impossible to please him. Elijah, Elias was a man of subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. Here is a man of God who had God's ear. He was a servant of the Lord and he prayed. The Bible says he prayed earnestly. He didn't just throw something out there just to be able to say, yeah, I prayed. Bible says he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. How did it happen? Somebody prayed. Elias didn't do it. God Stop the rain. But he offered the prayer. And God honored the prayer. Number one, because of the reason why he prayed it. And God honored it. And he prayed again, folks. And guess what? The heaven gave rain. And the earth brought forth her fruit. That's the power of prayer. But I'm reminded of another incident about prayer found in 2 Kings, 2 Kings, excuse me, chapter 20. There's a man named Hezekiah. Many of you are familiar with Hezekiah. Hezekiah in 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1, the Bible said, in those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. He was king. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amon, came to him. And said unto him, thus said the Lord, set thy house in order. For thou shalt die and not live. It doesn't come any blunt than that folks get yourself together get yourself right because you fit to leave here then he returned his face to the wall and he did something the bible said and prayed unto the lord and folks this is what he prayed I beg you, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart. 
and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Did you hear the prayer? Nowhere does it mention him asking, let me live. Nowhere does it mention anything about extending life. He just simply said, remember now how I walked before you. In truth. And with a perfect heart. Does that mean he never made a mistake? Does that mean he never sinned? No, it means his walk matured daily. He grew spiritually. And he was confident enough in his growth, in his spiritual development to say unto God, remember. I'm not presenting unto you some counterfeit stuff. His prayer was, remember how I walk before the in truth. What is truth? The word of the Bible said, that word is true. So he walked in accordance to the statutes of God's word. And I want to ask you this morning, is that your walk? Will you, would you be able to just pray and say these same words unto God? Lord, you know I've served you. You know I've served you. What are you going to tell the Lord? Well, you know we all have sinned. Like, he don't know. But no, Hezekiah said, Remember now how I walked before thee. In truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. Verse 4 said, and it came to pass, before Isaiah was gone out into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him saying, turn again. Other word, turn around. And tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus said the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have what? I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. Boy, it's not a tear that can fall from your eye. When you're right with God, let me tell you something. He knows. Amen. He knows. There's, that's, not a, that's not a groan, a groaning, or a moaning you can express that God is not aware of. Amen. He said tell him. I have seen thy tears. Behold I will. Heal thee. Did he ask for a healing? He said just remember how I serve you. 
Just remember how I serve you. And really, he left it in the hands of the Lord to say, whatever you choose to do, you do it. But just remember, I did right by you. Could that be our prayer this morning? Is that something we could stand on when we pray? If not, how do you expect our prayers to get through? Amen. He said, I will heal thee. Amen. Mm-hmm. On the third day, thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord. And I will add unto thy days 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand. Of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city. For my own sake. And for my servant David's sake. Prayer folks. Prayer. What made King Hezekiah different from us? Nothing. He had faith. He had faith. So God did nothing for him in answering his prayers that he won't do for us. But look closely now. Hezekiah presented a resume that maybe some of us are not ready to write. Or maybe some of us are forging. Hezekiah said, I served you. And his service went beyond what we would consider today just showing up on Sunday. He said, I have served you in truth and with a perfect heart. And have done that which is good in thy sight. Is that on our resume today? Huh? Why not? Well, that's the Old Testament, brother. May well let, let me let, let me highlight something for you under the new. Mm-hmm. Since you don't want to use Hezekiah's resume as a template, let me give you another template. Love thy enemies. Amen. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Do good unto them. That do evil unto you. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love thy neighbor as thyself. How about this one? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Is that on your resume? You, you, didn't, like, you didn't like Hezekiah's? So I'm going to give you a New Testament template. If not, why isn't it? Because what are you going to present unto God when you pray? To show that you are faithfully his and you are faithfully a servant of his. 
Why should God answer if you're not willing to serve Him? Here's another element of that template. See that no man render evil for evil unto any man. Boy, that's, that's a big one right there. Why not? Because vengeance is mine, said the Lord. I will repay. So when you consider praying unto God, as we, we, sit, we, we sit here today and we think about Brother Tillman laying up there in Grady and you're saying, all the emails have gone out saying, pray for him, pray for him, pray for Sister Tillman. Let me ask you something. Have you gotten anything through or is something blocking? Because mm. you, can't, you can't get anything through yep. with an evil heart, folks. You're thinking about somebody you need to get back at. That blocked prayers, folks. When when, when a spouse is thinking evil against the other one. And thinking about how how sick and tired I am. And this and that. Peter said, he tell the husband, you be careful how you treat her. Because guess what? How you treat her can block your prayers. It can hinder your prayers from being heard in heaven. So why in the world are you going to pray for Brother Tillman with all this mess? (laughs) See, this thing about prayer is bigger than many of us ever look at because it has just become just a redundant phrase that had, pray for me, yeah, okay, I'm going to pray for you, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, quit lying. Amen. Let's, let's, James gave some conditions for praying. James gave some conditions. And you, you know, let, let's look at it and see if we meet this criteria to even get a prayer through. When James says, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another. Right? That you may be healed. The effectual. The effectual. The effectual. The word effectual. It says, producing or capable of producing an intended effect. Adequate. Or the definition of effectual is someone or something that is doing what was intended to do or has legal force. The effectual. Are your prayers effectual? Does your prayer have substance? Does your prayer have meaning? Not just what you want for selfish greed and for just selfish reasons. Does your prayer 
offer substance in it that God would not be offended, but yet God would be pleased to hear and honor. That's a condition that James outlines. The effectual fervent. Fervent means with great intensity of spirit and feeling and enthusiasm. What is your prayer life like? What is your prayer life like? Huh? I mean, when, when you pray, what? Is there any excitement? Is there any enthusiasm? Is there any intensity? Because you're only, you're only praying to Almighty God. We're not praying to some some piece of wood, some stone. We're praying to the living God. Amen. I said this morning, you know, and if you're not careful, you mess around, use prayer in the wrong way, it could get you hurt or get somebody hurt. Because mm -hmm. that power in prayer. We're praying to Almighty God in whom there's no one higher than him, no more, no one more stronger than him. No one compared to him. And you don't you don't feel the intensity? You don't feel that there's a need to, to be enthused about this? We must be fervent. If we're not fervent, how is God going to answer? Because His Word says the effectual fervent prayer of what kind of man? Oh, righteous. Acting in accordance with divine or moral law. See, it's, it's that man, that man or woman. It includes the female gender. It's, it's that man or woman who is walking in the statues. See, Hezekiah referred to that. He said, I have served you and done things according to thy truth. If I ask the question right now, how many of us are righteous? Some of us, some of us would be afraid to raise our hand. Because we've allowed the world to shape and mold our thinking that we're afraid to acknowledge that we're righteous. Well, if the members of the Church of Christ are not righteous, who in the world are? Help me out. Who? And if God's people are not righteous, how in the world can we get a prayer through? Because it says of the righteous man. You expect to make an appeal to God and to see changes in this world, to see changes in your lives, to see changes in helping some folks who can't pray for themselves. You've got to live in accordance to God's word. 
just can't play God for some chump and hit or miss here, hit or miss there, and then talking about some Lord help me. You either all in or you're out. And folks, that has to be a terrible feeling to live life and to know that you've been separated from God. I think about Samson. I think about Samson. Samson kept messing around with Delilah. She kept trying to get him to tell, man, where does your strength come from? What is the source of your strength? And he kept playing with her, kept playing with her. And finally, you know what? She put the rope of dope on him. She said, you don't love me. You don't love me. Because if you truly love me, you'll tell me. And he bought it. He said, my strength lies in my hand. No razor is to touch my hand. And guess what he did? He laid his head in her lap and went to sleep. Now what do you think she did? She went to work on his head. And after his hair was cut, she said, the Philistines are upon you. And he jumped up out of his sleep. And the word of God said, he didn't even realize the spirit of the Lord had departed. And they put a whipping on him. They put a beating and a whipping on him. You wouldn't believe. I'm not going to go into the whole story, but let me tell you how much they hated Samson. They had a reason. They hated Samson. The first thing they did to him, they gorged his eyes out. You know what it means to gorge somebody out of that? It's just like you take your thumbs and you, and, and, and you place them over and you just push and just gorge their eyes out his vision. Oh, they messed him up. They messed him up. But can you imagine the feeling? Here you at one time you could take on armies of men. You could do things that were just unbelievable. And now you're by yourself. But guess what, folks? He had one more prayer in him. He had one more prayer in him. Boy, he had one more prayer in him. And he prayed, he said, Lord, let me, let me take these folks down. And guess what? God, God gave him that prayer to destroy that place with all those people. 
There's power in prayer, folks. But Samson didn't, Samson didn't say, hey, hey, give me another chance, let me get it right. Samson knew what he had done. And before you count Samson out, talk about how foolish and crazy he was. You better check over in Hebrews 11. Because he did make the Hall of Faith. Lead the judge unto God. Amen. But I could tell you today what the word of God says right here in James. It says the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man is what is going to make a difference when we want something from God. And my question to you this morning is, are, are you part of the reason that we prayed, Brother Tillman, what was that, Friday night, if I'm not mistaken, Brother Tillman had trouble breathing and, and they had to put him on the ventilator. He was on the ventilator all Friday night to Saturday, most of the day Saturday, but then guess what? His breathing improved. And they removed him off the bed. Let me ask you this. Was your prayer part of the reason for that? Huh? Because your prayer was solicited. It was asked that you pray. It was. Do you believe your prayer was part of the reason he was removed from that ventilator? You should have enough confidence and faith to say, I pray. And I believe. And that's not being arrogant. That's not being stuck up. That's just simply saying, I believe in God. Amen. And I believe that if I walk in accordance to his statutes and live according to truth and do his will, I got to ask him whatever I want. Amen. And he'll do it. But my question is, did you help? Or are you one of those prayers? Well, Lord, uh, well, you know, I, I know I ain't been living. Well, that tell you right there. Why don't you correct? Won't you get first thing first taken care of? What did James say right here in verse 16? Confess what? Get the sin out of your life. Can't be approaching a holy God in a sinful condition. And he's giving you the avenue to say, get yourself right. You got brothers and sisters you can call on, you can talk to. Get it right. Amen. come to me. I know I ain't even giving right at church like I should. And we go through all of that mess. I ain't been attending. I ain't been doing it. But uh, uh, I, I need you to do something for me. You better stop drinking. Or smoking. Or whatever it is. 
this is a holy God you're talking to. Amen. And he don't play that. Because even while you going through that rambling, talking about everything you haven't done, he know what lie you're getting ready to tell. Because see, if your heart was truly honest and you were truthful about what you're saying, the first thing you would say, forgive me of my sins. That I may come unto you. You, you, you haven't seen changes in your life. You say, I pray, but it don't seem like. Have you really examined your condition? Have you looked at confessing your faults one to another? Have you considered effectual? Have you considered fervent? Have you considered your condition of being righteous? You got to meet them all. You have to meet them all if you want results. Because it says, based upon the word of God, it said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. But the results come from you meeting the criteria. Amen. Not you just living any kind of way and doing whatever you want to do when you want to do it. We got a brother laying there on his back in a body brace with neck damage, with other underlying conditions of health. And you know what? He needs. Your prayer. I'm not going to say our. No, no. He need, I want you to make it personal. Mm -hmm. He needs your prayer. My question is, what can you offer to God mm -hmm. on his behalf? Amen. Amen. Just like I'm saying about him. If, if I was sick of anything, I, hey, I would be expecting same thing. And you know what? If you got down sick, something happened, you should expect the same thing from your brothers and sisters. What can Brother Tillman expect to get from you today to present unto God? My prayer, my hope is always that man, you know, every Christian would walk around and say when, when, when God delivers and does his thing, that they say, hey, I prayed about that. And I had something to do with that. You're not taking no glory from God. You're just simply saying, I prayed about that. I cried unto God. I appealed unto God to help that person. Don't you know that all you're doing is glorifying God? I called on him, and guess what? He answered. Have you called on him? 
in what condition? Huh? In what condition? Think about ever since he had that accident Thursday morning. Mm. You know, he's just been on my mind, on my mind. Hey, I haven't been, I'm gonna tell you, I haven't been worrying about it. So let me tell you about something. I have been, man, I ain't seen God put some things together for Brother Tillman even while he's been down that grave. Yep, amen. <laughs> and I know only God could align these things up. You know, it brought peace in my heart when, when Sister Tillman told me they was going to transfer him to Grady. I said, okay, I know some folks at Grady. <laughs> and you know the beautiful thing? Some of the folks I call, they jump right on it. They said, we got it. We got it. Man, do you know what a blessing that is? Yeah. To have some folks who are members of the church saying about your loved one, somebody you care about, whereas it could have just been somebody who don't care. Let me tell you, every nurse don't love their job. Let me say that again. Every nurse don't love their job. Am I right, son? Every nurse don't love their job. God has set this thing up. God is looking after his, his servant. Mm -hmm. But even though God is looking at that, still should not take you off the hook of saying, well, why you need me to pray? Mm -hmm. You should pray because the Bible said men ought to always pray. Because you never know how soon the table might turn on you. So I ask again, when you look at Hezekiah, what kind of resume do you offer? If God had decided to let Hezekiah die, I really don't believe it would have been a bad thing. The Bible said, blessed are the dead that die in the Lord for their works going to do what? It's going to follow them. Hezekiah has something to present. He said, I served you. What would you say? What would your resume present if you're called today? What you were planning on doing ain't going to help you. What you were thinking about doing ain't going to help you. What intentions you had, they're not going to help you. Folks, it's about doing. That's why it says, be ye ready. That's why it says, work while it's yet still day. Because nighttime is coming. And you won't be able So I appeal unto you this morning and I ask you what can Brother Tillman expect 
from his brothers and sisters. As they go unto God on his behalf. What can Sister Tillman ask or expect from you as brothers and sisters as she began her radiation treatment this week? Oh, she'll be all right. How do you know? Amen. Oh, I believe she will. Mm -hmm. But if I'm going to say she's going to be all right, I'm going to say she's going to be all right because I pray for her. I pray and I believe in the God that I serve. No one higher, no one like He is the great I am. What do you say? Huh? I, I, I didn't ask you to about anything, I'm just simply saying, what can she expect from you? Amen. Man, if we can't expect anything else from one another, we should believe that we're praying for one another. Amen. And that's not something lightly to be taken. So, are you getting anything through? Oh, you know if you are or not. You know. You know. Because here's the criteria. Are you fervent? Is it effectual? Are you walking in accordance to the truth? Hmm. If your answer is no to any of those three, or four. Are you faithful? You're disqualified. And that's something you need to do. If you want to contribute. That's the power of prayer, folks. All through the Bible, man, men pray. Mm -hmm. Women pray. I think of Hannah. Who, whose womb was barren. She couldn't have children and the other women made fun of her. Oh, they gave her the blues. They gave her, this woman cried. She wept bitterly. She was just messed up in her spirit. But you know what? She kept praying. She kept praying. She said, Lord, if you bless me with a son. If you bless me with a son. Tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna present him unto you. I'm gonna give him back to you. Now, did you notice when Hannah was praying and she was doing all that? She ain't said nothing about her husband. She knew what the power was. It was in God. That's not a put down to a husband. I'm simply saying her husband couldn't open her womb. Amen. But God could. And she said, I will, give that, I will give this son back to you. And what do you think God did? He opened her womb. 
And what do you think her first child was? A son. And what do you think she did with it? She gave him back to God. Matter of fact, gave him to Eli, the priest. And he taught him, raised him. Samuel became a great prophet. Don't tell me what prayer won't do. Don't tell me what prayer won't do. The only reason you may say prayer isn't doing anything effectively in your life and you can't see it is because something ain't right in your life. Amen. Amen. Ain't nothing wrong with God. If there's a defect, if there's a need for a recall, it's on us. So as I close, I say, what can you get through today? What can you get through today? Brother Tim is not the only one on the sick list shut in, in need of prayer. I think about Sister Walker. Think about Brother Gene. I think about... Oh, let me tell y'all something. Uh, what was it? Last week, week before last, I went to see Sister Leslie. Couldn't go in the place, but I was allowed to talk to her through the window. Man, it just, it just did my heart good. Sister Leslie was still talking trash to <laughs> She said, look at that bald head. <laughs> we had a good conversation. She was looking good. And she was eating. See, the last, last report I got, she was on the feeding tube. She was eating. Susan Leslie was looking good, still talking. Susan Leslie said, I get all my messages. I get the cards, people, mail, and everything. She said, but... You ain't got no excuse. I said, Sister Les, I can't come in. Still ain't no excuse. You need to get to that window. But that's, that's me and Sister Leslie. There been times they, they wrote Sister Leslie off. A couple of times. Did we pray? Yes. Yes, we did. Still going strong. I'm saying, folks, if we don't pray, who in the world is going to talk to God? If not us. Because he's not going to hear the sinner. John 9 31, he's not going to hear the sinner. So if not us, who? lot, a lot, folks, ride on us in our relationship with God and pray. A lot. My prayer this morning is that you will examine your heart. And if you haven't been fervent, effectual, faithful, righteous in your prayer I pray that today you will start I pray 
that you will become excited and take ownership of the power of prayer. Not, not to be puffed up, but to glorify God in believing that he can do what he said he can do. I pray this morning that if you have sin that's blocking you from communicating with God, that you will do what the word of God says. Confess your faults. Get rid of it. We serve a God who, who, who's anxious and desires to forgive. And what's even more beautiful, when he forgives, he don't bring it up again. I pray that you'll leave here a better person today. Concerning your spiritual walk, your prayer life, and everything else. Then you arrive. Because our country, our leaders, the world as a whole, need our prayers. Amen? Amen. So if you desire to be a Christian today by putting Christ on in baptism, man, what a blessing. You can do it today. Here, believe, repent, confess, be baptized, live faithful. For us who are members, you need to repent. You haven't been praying right. You haven't been, you haven't been utilizing prayer the way you ought to. It's been more about selfishness and not glorifying God, not to serve God. You know what? That's been about you. Even though we stand to receive rewards in our praying, in our service, it's still not our will, but his will be done. God has already said, Hebrews 11 and 6, that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You ain't got to go out of your way asking. He know what our heart desires are. Matthew 6. But seek first, what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. What's our song? Pass me not. Pass me not is our invitation song. Folks, we need your prayer. We need your prayer. We need your prayers. Let us together stand and let us sing. Pass me not.